Hello there and welcome to another Radio Free Oz podcast. This one for Monday, August 15th, 2011. We've gotten through half of the month. Good luck for the next two weeks. Well, here's some good news. Recent McClatchy Marist poll finds 68% of American adults believe the worst of the country's economic conditions are yet to come. But 59% still don't blame President Obama for the nation's current economic conditions, and 61% think that he inherited them. He did. Bush did it. Most of it came from Bush. Unfunded illegal wars, unfunded Medicare giveaways, I tell you, it all came from W. And if you think that's an exaggeration, then everything you know is wrong. Over the last three or four months, I've heard constant chatter from some of my Democratic quasi-liberal friends who feel betrayed by Obama. And if you listen to these people, you think, well, Obama is losing his base. They aren't giving this guy any slack at all. Well, a new CNN opinion research poll finds President Obama's base is behind him with 70% of Democrats saying they'd like to see Obama as their party's presidential nominee next year. Notes pollster Kenneth Holland, in 1994, only 57% of Democrats wanted the party to renominate Bill Clinton, and he went on to win the nomination in a second term two years later. Look it. Regardless of what sort of transformational president you thought Obama was going to be, not taking into consideration the fact that American exceptionalism, and with it our lifestyle, our culture, and our economy, are at a tipping point, coming apart like one of those cheeses that separates. The fact is, is that he's a far better choice than any of the garden gnomes that the Republicans are going to put up. It looks like there's really three now because there's no one waiting in the wings. We have Michelle Bachman, <laughs> Rick the Theocrat Perry. Oh my, is he going to be taken apart? He doesn't know what it's like to run for president. It's one thing to be in the secessionist state of Texas, but oh, he is in the eye of the storm now. And of course, then there's mid-empty suit Romney. Okay, that's who's going up against one of, th one of the three of them, who knows, against Barack Obama. And if you're a Democrat or a fair-minded independent, if you're not a member of the uh, Tea Party or a dyed-in-the-wool theocrat, then obviously, man, Obama is the one. Rick Perry is in the race, and already he's one of the top three. He is a prodigious fundraiser. He's a very warm politician. This pointed out by the fact when he went up against Michelle Bachman in her hometown of Waterloo over the weekend, both appearing at the same Republican event, about 300 people in the audience. Perry arrived early, talked with all the reporters, went and shook hands with everybody, went table to table, glad-handed. People just found him absolutely engaging. Michelle Bachman, on the other hand, sat in her trailer until she was announced and came in only when the lighting was correct and she had been announced twice. She gets up on the stage, does her thing with Elvis singing behind her and then runs out of the place, totally alienating most of the Iowans who had come one way or the other to see her and Perry. So Perry is a real force. You know this because he's already beginning to backtrack on one of those few things that, depending on where you feel about these things, he may have done the right thing. Perry reverses himself on controversial issue for years. 
Perry has taken flack for his 2007 attempt as Texas governor to require girls to be vaccinated against HPV, the most commonly sexually transmitted disease and the principal cause of cervical cancer. At the risk of angering fellow conservatives, Perry has always insisted he did the right thing. This according to the Texas Tribune. That unapologetic approach unfortunately changed this weekend. Oh, he's, he must have gotten together with Mitt, learned how to backpedal, take some weight off. Certainly take some weight off his shoulders. A few hours after unveiling his campaign for the presidency, Perry began walking back from one of the most controversial decisions of his more than 10-year reign as Texas governor. Speaking to voters at a backyard party in New Hampshire, Perry said he was ill-informed when he issued his executive order in February of 2007, mandating the HPV vaccine for all girls entering sixth grade unless their parents completed a conscientious objection affidavit form. Now, you may or may not be excited about the idea of governors telling you what sort of vaccinations your kids have to take. The HPV issue is real. I think he did the right thing. Nonetheless, now running for president under the GOP banner he has to walk away from anything reasonable anything commonwealth minded anything to do with the general mental or economic health of the populace because that is anathema to the people whose votes he is scrounging for I'll be right back after these extremely well paid words from Alzheimer's Brewery Wanna stay up all night and rule the world? Facebook, spam, Twitter and fuck up your ass I've been up for a month and a half, burned down every firewall in the Pentagon, put a bug out Goldman Sachs ass and shape with Perry Paul on his homepage. Where do I get the energy from this shiny can of hackers back? Yeah, I'm good. That's what all the missiles I've learned. Hacker Smack, the brain draining game changer that'll keep you up if you can keep it down. Hacker Smack is a turbocharged blend of caffeine, alcohol, St. John's Wort, ginseng, and country-style methamphetamine. Hacker Smack is a deniable byproduct of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. I'm back with more news from Governor Goodhair, that slime ball. It's one thing to oppose the President of the United States, sure. It's one thing to be critical of his military policies, sure. But here's what Governor Goodhair, Rick Perry, said just recently. One of the reasons I'm running for president is I want to make sure that every young man and woman who puts on the uniform of the United States respects highly the President of the United States. What a rude, treacherous in its own sense statement. This man has no shame. Really? He really thinks that Obama is uh, is shameful as commander-in-chief? He really believes that people who put on the uniform are ashamed of their commander-in-chief because what? He is sending them improperly into battle? He is abandoning them? What? Oh, Perry. Really? You should get down on the ground, cover yourself with ashes, wear sackcloth, and beg, beg his forgiveness. This from Michelle Goldberg, one of my favorite uh, pundits out of the uh, Daily Beast. With Tim Pawlenty out of the presidential race, it is now fairly clear that the GOP candidate will either be Mitt Romney or someone who makes George W. Bush look like Tom Paine. 
Of the three most plausible candidates for the Republican nomination, two are deeply associated with a theocratic strain of Christian fundamentalism known as dominionism. If you want to understand Michelle Bachman and Rick Perry, understanding dominionism isn't optional. Put simply, dominionism means that Christians, Christians, have a God-given right to rule all earthly institutions. Originating among some of America's most radical theocrats, it's long had an influence on religious right education and political organizing. The recent Texas Observer cover story on Rick Perry examined his relationship with the new Apostolic Reformation, a dominionist variation of Pentecostalism that coalesced about a decade ago. Quote, what makes the new Apostolic Reformation movement so potent is its growing fascination with infiltrating politics and government, wrote Forrest Wilder. Its members, quote, believe Christians, certain Christians, are destined to not just take dominion over government, but stealthily climb to the commanding heights of what they term the seven mountains of society, including the media and the arts and the entertainment world. In many ways, dominionism is a more political phenomena than a theological one. It cuts across Christian denominations, from stern, austere sects to the signs and wonders culture of modern megachurches. Think of it like political Islamism, which shapes the activism of a number of antagonistic fundamental movements from like Sunni Wahhabis in the Arab world down to Shiite fundamentalists in Iran. Quote, dominion theologians, as they are called, lay great emphasis on Genesis 1.26-7, where God tells Adam to assume dominion over the animate and inanimate world, wrote the scholar Gary Wills in his book, Under God, Religion and American Politics, describing the influence of an ideology on Pat Robertson. Quote, when men fell, his control over creation was forfeited, but the saved, who are restored by baptism, can claim again the rights given Adam. For believers in dominionism, rule by non-Christians is a sort of sacrilege, which explains in part the theological fury that has accompanied the election of the last two democratic presidents. They're not real Christians, because Christians have an obligation, a mandate, a commission, a holy responsibility to reclaim the land for Jesus Christ, to have dominion in civil structures, just as in every other aspect of life and godliness, wrote George Grant, the former executive director director of Coral Ridge Ministries, which has since changed its name to Truth in Action Ministries. Uh-huh. Quote, but it is dominion we are after, not just a voice. It is dominion we are after, not just equal time. World conquest. <laughs> and if this doesn't frighten you, if you think this is just some sort of fly-by-night, honey, then everything you know is wrong.